welcome to episode 155 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Grybok, and joining me this evening for a smaller-than-average uh, cast, we've got Spirit. How are you doing this evening, Spirit? Hello. I actually, you know what, I woke up feeling great today. It was one of those days where you're like, ah, I'm just so happy to be awake, and then I actually sat up. And my shoulder did the thing where you slept wrong and your shoulder betrayed you, and so now I'm all hunched over like an angry, sad person. But I, I feel see. good. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good. No, I, I can sympathize with that. I have shoulder and neck pain from sleeping sometimes, too, when you sleep like some sort of weird animal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been a couple weeks, um, mostly just because of real-life things, and also because there wasn't much to talk about until suddenly there was a beta, and... A Shiro announcement. So, um, I guess why don't we just start right in with the beta stuff? We got to play the Revenant in all of Tyria, um, which was interesting. All of all of Core Tyria. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think about their implementation of the system? I thought it was really neat. Uh, yes, yes. Like, I really I liked the idea that they they gave us the ability to take it into any situation we wanted and then just uh yeah just let us do what we wanted with it and it was a really good way of getting feedback from the people who care about seeing it in a particular situation yeah i thought it was really interesting that they had the tech to just make a complete copy of your account so anything anything you started with you had on your revenant and anything that you did on your revenant would not be stored that was I mean, that's kind of how it was in the other beta weekends, too, but a little bit less defined because you didn't get any access to new gear and stuff like that, so you were sort of in a closed system, whereas this was really mm-hmm. just a whole separate shard for your characters. <clears throat> it was pretty neat. Um, how painful was it to watch people get multiple precursors on their revenants? Uh, I tried not to look. Yeah, but it's like a but... train wreck. You kind of can't look away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I... I'm sorry if you were one of those people. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Um, Especially as somebody who's thrown away like a thousand gold worth or more of of exotics and not gotten anything out of the forge. It's uh, that would have killed me. I couldn't, I did not have the heart to, to gamble like that, even with fake, fake, double fake money. On a related note, I criticized in one of the past episodes, I said something about, uh, the Mystic Forge NPCs weren't real enough because they didn't cry when they threw stuff in. But I heard the other day as I was loitering around there, one of the NPCs be like, oh, did you hear about this Asura? He threw in like two dozen exotics and got nothing. And the other one was like, man, somewhere Zomaros has like piles and piles of weapons. Yeah, I saw that one too, actually. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I love, I just want to wind back a minute and just say that I love the new set of NPCs and dialogue and actions that they've put in with the LA patch yes. because I think it's really funny to have basically NPCs in an MMO that are mimicking players and basically repeating and acting just like players do. I thought that was I think that's really neat. Um and it's funny it always it's always funny when it's clearly acknowledged by the devs, you know, like the attitude with towards Zomaros. Uh-huh. Um yeah, I love that kind of stuff. And I'm sure the writers just love putting in that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, so the beta, the Revenant. Um, what did you... Uh, I, it sounds like you played it a lot more than I did. Um, do you, where do you want to start off with that? Uh, 
I guess I'll just talk about what I did and then I what I thought of it. Um, first, I teamed up with Christian and Hunter, and we went and we three-manned Catacomb Story, because uh, Hunter and I had played it briefly during the the other beta, but Christian had not played it at all, so we went and did something really easy just to get familiar with it. Um, and that was pretty good. We we didn't have a lot of trouble. It it definitely suffered. It definitely suffers from not having enough damage. That's just across the board. All of the weapons are just not not quite there, and it it doesn't didn't in my opinion really have anything to do with the not having a DPS spec. It's just that the weapons are not quite up to par, which is easily fixable. And you know, pretty much across the board, that was the feedback from everyone. Is eh, it just needs to be a little bit better, or not not better, but a little bit higher damage in terms of the base damage they were dealing and we definitely felt it in catacombs but it was fun i uh i was rocking the staff revenant that was my thing that i was really excited about and i loved it <laughs> i loved it a lot i um i proposed that we rename revenant staff 5 to Num because that was all i shouted when i used it i went Num 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 and then Num. knocked everyone around <laughs> Ah, I just remembered. My my entire goal for the weekend was to take that into Edge of the Mists and do that across a bridge and knock people off, and I completely forgot about it. Oh well, Dang it. presumably there will be futures, future oh, future yeah. betas. Um, yeah, I I will be playing Staff Revenant quite a bit, so the, I'm not the worried. weapons. The weapons we had access to, though, we didn't have swords for either of them, right? No. Right. <clears throat> I wonder. Because is is did did people really test a full condition build with this beta too much? Because clearly the axe and the mace <clears throat> excuse me, the axe and the mace are meant for Condi specs, which so you would expect them to have fairly low standard damage output with standard Zerker setups. Um so I wonder I wonder what the DPS different or what the DPS target is supposed to be, because every Every weapon on given professions is sort of has its own ranking in their damage because it's theoretically made up for by something else. Like Staff Guardian hardly does any damage. Just in, I mean, you do a little bit of damage to a lot of things, but it's not anywhere compared to, you know, Great Sword or Sword Main Hand or things like that. Um, so I kind of wonder if that feeling of low damage is entirely or if it's by design when you're comparing it to their other options that we haven't had access to yet or if it's just tweaking uh possibly but i guess my answer to that would be if you are going to lock the revenant into one weapon set and then that weapon set can't deal any damage by itself i mean if you've got a low damage set on the guardian you can always uh, have your damage in the offset, but you can't do that on Revenant. If you're, it's that situation where um, you are almost too specialized, and you're not getting enough return on that specialization to make it worth specializing. Do you know what I mean? I do. I I think that's a good segue to talk about that because I personally really am surprised that Revenant doesn't have weapon swapping. I know that some people point out that it sort of creates a sense of symmetry in that Revenant is the third heavy armor profession, you know, rounding it out to three professions per armor weight. It, um, And then similarly, it would be the each armor weight 
has a profession that does not have weapon swapping. So elementalist, engineer, and now revenant. So it creates a semblance of of symmetry there, but mm-hmm. I feel like that is not a good I feel like that's not a very good metric for design in the sense of like symmetry just for the sake of symmetry when it ends up hindering a class is not or or overpowering a class in in you know different cases or different games is not particularly desirable um so I hope that they take a look at that I think that exactly what you said the idea of being locked into a weapon and even more specifically one weapon range even regardless of the damage mm-hmm. being being locked into especially if that range is melee being locked into only melee range is really really harsh in this game and yeah especially if they're planning on amping up the difficulty of pve and of larger encounters um yeah and just like mechanics in general you can always take a ranged weapon and move closer but you can't take a melee weapon and move farther away right exactly um, so there were like i i took it into silver waste and it wasn't just that i didn't have a lot of dps but it was also that i had a lot of downtime because i couldn't be in melee because of the mechanic right yeah i mean the game is largely balanced around you having at least the high probability of having ranged attacks on your given build you know every profession has the ability to do ranged but really elementalist is the only one that even really i shouldn't say can get locked in but is easier to lock in if you take a dagger main hand and most people don't take dagger main hand in pve because well basically it locks you into melee and doesn't (laughs) Mm. i mean it's just dagger 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 ellies are very mobility based which is great in pvp but not great in open world pve in the first place and so you know engineer is locked in ostensibly but they have kits and all of their lock-ins are at range so yeah i don't know i i think that that's a it's a strong argument for weapon swapping yeah i don't the not having weapon swapping in itself isn't bad it's just that because of the way all of the utilities are locked in and it's just because everything is locked in that it's bad if it was just weapons or just utilities i think it would be fine but it's because everything is locked in that it's a problem yeah and because you could go the other way you could say well you can lock everything in but make it super strong but then if it's super strong like that there's a high probability that people are going to decide that it's the best at whatever it does because it is super strong and then you get into that situation where they're like oh revenant required for such and such but it's and not, not really and but even worse than that specific revenant or you know like staff revenant yeah. required or whatever exactly um also it i feel that from what we've seen each each legend slash set of utility skills correspondingly is fairly themed around a weapon type and the fact that you will have two but they're not but they may sort of be anti-synergistic is Mm -hmm. a little bit odd without the ability to also swap weapons um especially because like say shiro is obviously synergistic with sword sword and jalice is synergistic with 
you know, main hand. What was it? Was it mace main hand, axe offhand? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Hammer Malik's. is the, okay. Yeah, yeah sorry. Malik's, Malik's is mace axe, yes. Yeah. Um, if we did have weapon swapping, that wouldn't necessarily mean that if you wanted like a Shiro Malix combo build that you would have to go sword sword mace axe, but you could do, you know, perhaps sword, you know, sword axe and then mace something else or something like that where or like sword sword for Shiro and then you would still have your mace for Malix for doing conditions or whatever, but your off your your offhand in that case might be something a little bit less focused towards the Malix line. It would give you options as opposed to just being like, well, I'm going to take the weapon or weapons that synergize most strongly with my one legend and then have my other legend that kind of doesn't really synergize at all with my weapons. I don't know. Yeah, that was uh one of the critiques I was reading kind of across the board was that um you fall very much into having a main legend because it's tied so heavily to the weapon and then whatever your other legend is it's not you don't swap between them and treat them equally you treat one as your main and then the other one is like oh maybe there's a utility on there that you really need and you switch to it use it and then press you know spam to get out of it as soon as possible so i would really like to see more i think there's room um, four very specialized builds and that's not necessarily a bad thing that you have a main and an off specialization but I would also like to see the ability to treat them equally and have that be a viable build as well. Yeah I mean that's often the, that's sort of the the situation we have with weapons too is some professions very clearly are running a dominant weapon set and then they have a utility say for example thieves that are using shortbow frequently that shortbow is just for utility and then they swap mm-hmm. back when they actually want to deal damage. But then, by that same token, thieves also can frequently run no short bow and run two different offensive sets to swap between them, like situationally, but have them both be offensive. And I think it's it's good that you have the ability to do it either way. Like I'm not, as you said, I'm not opposed to the idea of having a quote unquote main spec and then a slightly off utility spec. But I. I agree that it feels like everything with Revenant currently is main spec and then one extra skill or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting. I do have to say, one, uh, it's not like a like a theoretical thing, but uh, I saw a really cool staff Malix Jalus Revenant in PvP. Um, I played a lot of Stronghold this weekend. I suppose we can segue over there. Um and I I didn't take Revenant into it just because I'm not very comfortable on it, and I played a lot of Guardian instead, but I did uh, watch very closely the people who were playing Revenants in there, and I loved the... Um, so at the beginning of a Stronghold match, typically the whole team spends their supply, and then every... Uh, not everyone, but a large majority of the players on the map rush the midpoint, and it starts basically with a team fight. Um... This one Revenant ran in there, uh, staff numed through everyone, through the other team all over the place. They got back together and then they jumped in and spammed the displacement and the other team just could not get themselves together. We picked them off so easily one by one. I'm really looking forward to that in World vs. World and also PvP, but World vs. World especially because I think that uh, will be a great technique for busting up zergs yeah yeah zerg busting is um 
cool. Although, I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it, but now that we've talked about Zerg busting, that segues perfectly into the pointless, <laughs> chilling darkness nerf that makes me furiously angry. Um, I'm... I'm... Mm, mm, <laughs> so salty it's so frustrating like i don't i literally cannot understand why they nerfed that trait so hard and if it were something to do with the reaper which i think is a terrible reason to nerf it i don't know if it is but if it is that's a terrible reason to nerf it the way that they did because they basically made the trait completely useless um it's also doubly terrible to nerf a trait because of something that isn't released yet and something that may change and something that doesn't have a release date or window. And if it wasn't Reaper related, I really want to know what their reasoning behind it was because it was a trait that was very rarely... I feel like a lot of necromancers just don't even take that trait. And if you do take it, you're basically making your entire build around a minor trait, because if you don't build your whole build around it, it kind of doesn't really do anything either. And when you do take it, it gives you a very unique role that basically was not, did not exist, and, or was sort of a niche, and it's... (sighs) Coming off of the heels of talking about how Lots of some professions have niches that only they fill, and the frustration of necromancer in general not filling any niche better than any other classes, and then nerfing that trait is just makes me so angry. Um, which I don't really know that I have much more to say about it. But I, really I don't have any anger, but you know what would be cool is if they do the same thing they did with the revenant with elite specs, so we all get a chance to try out reaper and. Dragon Hunter and what was the other one that was released? I'm confused. I've been talking Chronomancer. I've been talking so much about specialization lately. I'm like, my brain is all gone. Um, but yes, and eventually all the other ones. I would really like to try them out in Tyria Classic, if you will, to uh, get a feel for those in the same way we did with the Revenant, because I think that would be very helpful. Yeah, I think that would be neat, um, especially with the level of detail they've gone into with the announced and detailed ones. Um, I mean, they've they've shown us all of the traits, and they've shown us how all of their special mechanics work, so it's not like they would be ruining a, you know, quote-unquote surprise or something. Um, yeah, I think that would be great if they did that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, all I can say is I hope that they do that. That'd be really neat. Yeah. I really also... I guess this speaks just in general. I really like how, in a lot of ways, this really is a a sort of more of a true beta test as opposed to the modern meaning of early access. Like, did you sorry? Did you see them discuss that on points of interest? I did. Um, I'm kind of forgetting exactly what they said. I mean, I know that they said it was kind of a little bit of both. Like, it's kind of obviously marketing in the sense that. You know, if you pre-purchase, you get to play this cool stuff. Like, you know, obviously they understand that in some ways that is a marketing gimmick. Um, but also, you know, that it's early enough out that we're really like actually testing stuff and getting, you know, getting metrics for them. 
Was there something else to that? I can't remember. Uh, I just like what Colin said about, um, or some. It was something along the lines of, well, you know, as game developers, we've seen uh, betas kind of move away from the original meaning of beta, and Ruby said that's not necessarily a bad thing, and Colin said something like, you know, as a developer, no, I'm going to say that actually is an awful thing. Like, no, just don't. Yeah. As a player, it's a great thing, and as a developer, it's an awful thing. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the spirit of that conversation was was good. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and and I I did see that, and and that's, yeah, something I, I guess it was sort of just percolating in the back of my mind about, but I think it's I think it's really good that I mean especially with like we said the way that this was structured with being able to take an unreleased class and have it in or have your account quote unquote instanced for it so that nothing that you futzed around with would hurt anything or the economy or the game like no amount of exploiting that you did with your revenant to get crazy stuff would matter because it wouldn't go anywhere and mm-hmm. You know, like the, but but really seeing how it interacts with the current content in the game, and seeing what people come up with, and seeing the problems that people had with it, and you know, clearly the game is not, you know, a couple weeks out from release, which is what beta tends to end up being a lot of the time. Um, you know, there, yeah, I I think it's I think it's really nice to see that. I don't know that I was going anywhere else with that. <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, that was a terrible segue. I just dropped it. <laughs> it's like an anti-segue. Um, I can talk a little bit more about Stronghold. I, I was just about to say, that. do you want to keep talking about Stronghold? Because that's sort of yeah. what we last branched off of. Uh, I had played it originally in the first one and enjoyed it and then didn't really get back into it in the second one for whatever reason. And then this weekend I played roughly 50 games <laughs> between uh i had a a couple groups from from relics and then i also played with uh tillian from dragon season and a couple of other of the dragon season people and some pugs as well uh we were friendly and silly and good enough that we picked up some random people that were like hey we keep losing to you would you like to uh team up so that was fun i really enjoyed it a lot i it makes me realize that I like to PvP. I just don't like the existing PvP because uh, I I got my wolf rank and I got a decent amount of reward tracks done. And then on Monday I went to log in and it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> I was real sad. Wah, um, wah. Yeah. So I I do. I've I've become really enthusiastic about Stronghold and I like the a lot of the changes they made. I don't know how I feel about trebuchets still because they they strip 25 stacks of vulnerability before applying the knockback and the damage so they're incredibly strong now. I don't know how I feel about that, but that's mostly because I currently am not any use at operating one. So maybe once I learn one, my tune will change a little bit. But in the meantime that feels a little bit strong. And uh what else? There were some good changes that they made. The big one was the the Miss Champions, where you they want it to be part of your build, where you go in and you pick a Miss Champion and you say, okay, this is who I am bringing to the fight, and each of the five people who are playing Stronghold can bring a different one, and then they all have different abilities. They have an on-summon. Uh, for, so, for example, Triosa has uh, a six-second block, 
for everyone in your everyone in your group and your keep lord on summon. Then he pulses Aegis as he runs, and then he's got a massive taunt he does once he gets to Lord Room. And they all they all have different abilities. The but they're the existing ones are pretty similar to the ones we saw previously. The only new one is Nika, who I do really like. I think that has some cool play to it. She she stealths everyone, I think, on her summon. And then she pulses perma stealth around her as she runs, and she also runs really fast. So she's all about zipping her as fast as possible to the keep lord while protecting her because she's squishy. But if you're around her protecting her, they the enemy team doesn't necessarily know that. If they attack Nika, they have to hope that she's alone because the whole other team can be standing next to her and you'll never know. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. That was some some niche niche and definitely skill and thought required play that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, I think that was I, I agree with you. I think that was a really cool set of changes. I just in general, I like anything that is a callback to Guild Wars One. <laughs> so like, cause that, yeah, I don't know. It's good. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Nika, uh, unless you had anything else really on Stronghold, uh, do you want to talk about the Shiro specialization or legend? Legend words are hard. You want to talk about the Shiro legend, which was uh, debuted today officially? Sure. Um, you will have to tell me about that because I didn't know anything about it really, other than it was uh, revealed today. Yeah, so it's sort of... A lot of people have been sort of talking about how... uh, Pointing out, I guess, that there wasn't really a quote-unquote DPS-focused legend. uh, And there were a lot of... Sorry, I'm going to ninja you right there because I wanted to make sure that I said this at some point during the podcast. I'm really, really glad that they actually let us test it without the DPS legend because I know, invariably, if they had let us have Shiro last weekend, everybody would have been playing a Shiro build. And I'm so glad that they made us... I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I'm really glad that they made us test it without it because it made people do things other than DPS and have a thought about things other than DPS, which is extremely useful for making those types of builds good. That yeah. yeah that's my piece. I just wanted to make sure I said that because I, I did like that. Yeah, well, and I mean, you know, I'm sure there's going to be more testing that we're going to be able to play him in, so I I think it's good. It's, um, I think that despite the fact that they're going for, quote-unquote, more realistic betas or more, like, actual beta type of betas, it's better to limit options by not telling us that they exist than telling us that they exist and telling us that we can't play them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it's true. received better, at least, let's put it that way. Um so anyway, yeah. So this is this seems like it is clearly the DPS focused legend. Um, they uh, so in the cinematic trailer that we saw of the Heart of Thorns announcement, we see Ritlock show up and he does like this crazy like teleport around and and attack a bunch of people. Uh, that is one of the abilities from uh, the Shiro kit. Um, let's see. I think it's called phase travel, maybe? Let's see. No, that's not it. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that they said that that was, uh, one of the, one of the things I'm trying to read back now, but, um, oh, maybe, oh, maybe that was on one of the other, um, 
sites that covered the news, not on this blog post. I'm forgetting, but I read that somewhere. Um, it's got some mobility abilities, so a, it looks like a, a teleport and makes some of your attacks unblockable. Um, it's got... Uh, the healing skill is a life-siphoning, quote-unquote, healing skill, where uh, it sounds like for a duration after you've activated it, when you damage things, you will steal life from them. So, um, we'll have to see how that goes. Life-stealing, historically, in Guild Wars 2 has not been very strong on the actual amount of healing or damage, if that makes sense. Um, the You know, the new... That new Necromancer trait obviously is considered quite strong because it gives your whole party the life-stealing aura. Um, but in terms of actual... What that life-steal aura does for the Necromancer is a comparable damage increase to the other professions that have traits that give allies increased damage. It's sort of a mouthful to say. But in terms yeah. of if you think of life-stealing, quote-unquote in the sense of a lot of other games, life-stealing classes or specs, or in terms of even Guild Wars 1's, uh, you know, life-stealing builds, the life-stealing is not actually a large amount of life. It's not a truly, like, sustainable amount of life-stealing. It's almost more of a flavor. So tying that yeah. to the healing skill is really interesting. We'll see how... We'll, we'll see if it really heals for a lot. And if it does, I'm going to be a little bit salty that they're better at life-stealing than necromancers. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, and it sounds like the elite uh, is Jade Wins, which uh, petrifies, quote-unquote, I would say. It turns them into Jade, uh, people around you, for a short duration. Um, which is, you know, I'm sure basically like Basilisk Venom, except... A uh, pulse rather Useful. than rather oh. than a well a pulse rather than a poison, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, mm, eh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's cool as uh, for a flavor reason they they put in a trait that will trigger that elite when you die, um, <laughs> which is because that's what happened in Guild Wars yeah. One when he died. Uh, I don't know that people are really going to take it because on death traits are almost never worth it, but you know. Um, I think, and then I think they listed some of the sword skills, is what it sounds like. Um, uh, oh, actually, Unrelenting Assault, I think actually that was a sword skill, the one that was in the Heart of Thorns announcement trailer. Unleashed a fierce attack on nearby foes, shadow stepping to the foes in the vicinity and delivering strikes gain might each time you strike a foe. Um, I don't know. I honestly can't wait to see that in the points of interest, because I've... I I'm wondering what the target limit is on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, probably five. I don't know. It's uh, I'm I'm reading through it, and it's um. Oh yeah, it's the sword set. Yeah. So I guess you'd be able to use that on anybody. Um, it was just in the Shiro article because they talk about both the sword weapons and the Shiro elite. That's probably sword five, if I had to guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Still pretty cool, though. Pretty. Cool. Yeah, I. Thematically, I think uh, it's uh, on point, as the rest of them have kind of been. It's just not something that I, you know, I, I woke up and I read that it was out, and I went, ah, cool, and I kind of skimmed it, and that was that. It's just that the, I think a lot of the excitement for me in a class comes from 
seeing the skills and then thinking about all the different combinations I can make with them. And currently, because you can't do any of that on the Revenant, it doesn't appeal to me that much. And so I've been, my, my hype level is dampened, but I will probably play it extensively when it comes out. I'd like, no lies. Well, if for no it's other reason, that... then we've already leveled all the other classes a lot. Um, yeah, but also because I think it'll be useful. It's just that it doesn't... I don't spend a lot of... A lot of the enjoyment in a class reveal for me is thinking about, oh, I can do this, and I can use these combinations, and it's just not there for the Revenant because I'm going to... Okay, uh, I've got weapons, and then I've got my utilities, and that's that. There's no more thought put into it, really. Yeah. Um, I think... The thing that I like about uh, I mean, Shiro's kind of a generic character, if you will. I mean, he, he's obviously iconic in the Guild Wars lore, but I mean, basically, he's just an assassin. Um, what I think is cool and exciting about the set is that it looks like they have some. The fact that it's got a teleport on it is always exciting for me because having played my main profession as a necromancer, mobility is not on my high end of uh, class abilities. And I always like, I'm always drawn to mobility abilities or powers or moves or whatever. So I like that both the swords and the Shiro kit seem to have some mobility aspects, which also makes sense because each legend is fairly similar, at least conceptually, to an existing profession almost. Um, you know, Malix is clearly themed after a Condi Necro. Um, the. Jalus is pretty clearly themed after a guardian, and this is pretty clearly similar to a thief in a lot of ways. Um, so the idea of sort of having an almost thief style, but being in heavy armor is pretty cool to me, despite the fact that I don't really care about Shiro as a character. I think a lot of the characters that they have chosen for the other legends are a lot more interesting, but that's... You know, if you want to have a mobile assassin type character, there's <laughs> there's only so ungeneric you can get, I suppose. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh, actually, I guess now that I think about it, this has been the this beta was also the first chance that we got to try out Ventari. Did you use that much? Yes, I did. Uh, it is somewhat lackluster. I saw a lot of people having a lot of success with it. Um, I. It's almost there. It's one of those things that just, like, mo most of it is in place, but it's not quite ready to be used, I think. It, you know, it's it felt like a beta, a beta class. It, um, the fact that you had to, there was a big ramp up time to the heels, mm -hmm. right? Because you had to, you had to switch, there was the cast time of the switching, then you have to summon the tablet, and then you have to move the tablet. And, that whole thing takes a lot of time. And even though you have a lot of healing ability on the tablet itself, there's not really an instant heal of any type. And that that's actually a critique of mine uh, basically across the board for Revenant, is that it is okay that some stuff happens slow, but it's not okay that everything happens slow. Um, sometimes you just need things to happen instantly. And it is just not there for the Revenant right now. So the healing is there, but not enough to merit the time it takes to heal, I think. It, like, in my opinion, it would be better to have, like, a higher DPS and DPS the thing down rather than trying to create that kind of sustain because 
if you have to, you have to move the tablet through people. If it misses, you don't get the heal. There's the burst heal, but it's got a big delay on it. And then there's all the stuff that it drops, which is great, but then you have to get people over it. You have to make sure that your numbskull warrior doesn't run over it when your Ellie's at half health and he needs it. And all of the like all of the pickups. There's pickups for health on staff and on the tablet, which are different. And I kind of wish that they health pickups just in general were kind of normalized so everyone like you see that on the ground you go oh that's a health pickup and it doesn't matter what class it comes from you're like oh that's health i can step over that to get it yeah kind of like the health orbs in diablo for example yeah that kind of thing so the it has the best potential i think out of any class to be a a quote-unquote dedicated healer in guild wars 2 um but it's not quite there yet it doesn't have a water field and because everything is so delayed in a game that is very like moment rewards moment quick action. and actionary play yeah, yeah it doesn't it it's not quite where it needs to be for it to be very useful yeah but it's close and i think it can get there i think a lot of the feedback from this weekend is going to help it get there so i'm i'm excited to see what it becomes yeah i, th- I think i would agree with everything you said i mean it it was really neat and it was a very novel play style in Guild Wars 2, it's something that doesn't really currently exist, aside mm-hmm. from obviously itself. So from that aspect, I think it's definitely a design success. But as you said, the the combination of the way that the game is structured, um, combined with the the timing and the situational aspects of the Revenant, I, I think you're right. I think it could probably use a little bit of tweaking, but I think it's pretty cool. Um, I think it's a little bit frustrating. Well... Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of little bit frustrating things insofar as I think that it's a little bit frustrating that it might be the only way to be kind of a dedicated healer if that is something that they really want to push. Um, and also, as you said, like, it doesn't have a water field. I'm, I kind of am frustrated at the massive discrepancy between field effectiveness in general. Uh, like... It, I mean, again, coming from a necromancer, our fields are the worst fields. Nobody wants necro fields. Like, it's the worst. And uh, I would like to see a field revamp. This is a complete tangent, obviously. I would okay. love to see a field revamp. Um, just for, like you said, I mean, there's no there's no water field, therefore it's not as good, at, not like not very good at support. Like, I feel like that's kind of a frustrating... Uh, it's not... I wouldn't say that's true, because... Guardians, you know, don't have a water field, but they have the capability to blast a water field. Well, that, um, that's not exactly what I meant. It's it's not so much that you need a water field to be good at support. It's that water field is the only good support field, and ah, okay. there are very few things that have it. And because of the fact that fields are thematically tied to elements, then, like for example, well of or not, um, uh, yeah, well, well of blood the necro heal well like that's not mm-hmm. a water field <laughs> like <laughs> i i and you know i guess maybe they just don't think that it makes sense as a water field because it's blood and it's all dark and necroy or whatever but if anything deserved to be a supportive oriented field that was you know that like should be worth blasting it's a healing skill that is a well i think well isn't um, that I would say maybe on that one in particular, and I'm not arguing that the combo fields couldn't use a little bit of rebalancing, but the the blast is sort of that instant um, that instant heal that we were just talking about. There's no ramp up time, right? Where you, when you've got 
Well of Blood is a dark field, right? I don't even remember, to be honest. Okay, I, I think it's a dark field, and I know it's the same for Shadow Refuge. So Blasting does Blindness, which isn't very useful at all because it puts you in combat, and Blindness isn't reliable, especially on, um, you know, bosses or whatever, where Blindness is only 10% effective. Currently, not very useful, and then you've got the Life Steal through it. So you can get a little bit of life back from it, but it's not the the blast which would be useful but now that i'm thinking about it like the dark field could be very useful in a support capacity if you drop one on a boss with the new break bar and then do a whole bunch of blasts in it and nuke the uh bar down and stun him for five seconds yeah uh potentially but i guess that's sort of uh that's uh it's going back to what we said before where you're balancing your not necessarily balancing around them but the that idea that it's useful in support conceptually is based around a future concept which has no release date and therefore is not useful in the current game well there's that too but that's also like using it to burst down a boss's break bar is like the definition of control not support and there are like necromancer has several wells so it's i mean i don't know it this is getting into a tangent on necromancers, but this yeah. is a general this is a general point that I was trying to make overall, which is that like what what even happens when you blast light fields? I don't even remember. Uh, this, like, area retaliation. To, yeah. I don't know. It's the point is that water is really the only support field, and since it's an element, it's not going to make sense to be on like two thirds or three quarters of the classes because they are not thematically water y. And so if water fields are one of the one of the main forms of support, especially if you're not designing a full support spec around something like Guardian is very much designed around support, obviously, and Jalice and um uh, uh Ventari, thank you, sorry. I <laughs> am just totally mind blanking. Jalice and Ventari are also very clearly like their whole skill sets are designed around support, and so they can sort of mm-hmm. stand on their own foot, but like a lot of the other classes just don't they have neither a dedicated spec for support nor the fields to have that play style at all and that's i feel like it would be easier to remedy that by fixing fields or rebalancing fields or something i guess than than to you know create entire full specs for it um i don't know i'm just sort of going stream of consciousness here it's Getting talking about betas and talking about revamping core systems and talking about you know new professions and new stuff always sort of just gets me thinking about current areas that feel like they're lacking or could be changed or expanded upon. So mm-hmm. I don't really know if I have a point. <laughs> Although I mean, speaking of um, designing entire specs around it, they theoretically could do that with elite specializations in the future, like say say they come out with another expansion like maybe necromancer does get a supporty like ritualist elite specialization that <laughs> you know has has a whole has a whole support slew of abilities and then you wouldn't have to worry about like whether well of blood had a useful field type or not um so who knows i don't know i which is one of the reasons i'm excited about elite specializations and everything that we hear about them is cool because it's a way to like breathe new life into professions and make them do interesting things which brings us full circle back to the beginning where spirit said that it would be great to be able to test this in a beta weekend (laughs) yes
Oh my god, I feel like Eric. Like we're just going <laughs> the the notes you are useless. Uh, like... I have not pulled out a tinfoil hat, and we don't have any hamster houses established. <laughs> I'm not playing in a sandbox. We're not. We haven't gone full Eric yet. Well, okay, that's fair. You never go full sandbox. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking speaking of uh, speaking of Eric, do you want to uh, read our fan mail? Sure. Hi folks, love the podcast. Several times you've mentioned a friend in the guild that almost exclusively runs a Minion Mancer build in PvE, and it sounds like he is surprisingly successful with it despite the generally weak reputation of Necro Minions overall. Uh, Can you request him to share what what gear and build he is using, even? I'd like to try a second set of gear for Minion Mancer on my new Necro, but I'm unsure in what stats to invest my money. I'd like a successful first-hand recommendation since online Minion Mancer builds vary considerably between several gear sets. I'm curious what he likes to run. Thanks, Zuggles. Uh, so I consulted Zato is the name of my guildmate who likes to run Minion Mancer a lot, and I put together um, kind of a general framework of the build that he runs in GW2 skills, and I'm not going to go through all of that because it's not... It, it's fairly standard in a way, but I do have some some pro tips that I got from him on usage, which is the important part. Um, essentially, it's a f- it is a full berserker build that uses dagger and staff. The weapon off of the dagger tends to be whatever is most useful for the boss fight, so it changes a lot. And I think there is a lot of room for experimentation in this build, and a lot of room for customization, which is why you're going to see it be a lot of different. Like online minion builds have a lot of different uh, tweaks to them because there are a few different ways to kind of go about it. Um, one thing he also said to me, which I hadn't heard from anyone who's who's tried to do a minion bouncer build before, is that he treats the minions more like damage-oriented support than his main form of damage. So he keeps his, his lifesteal up, his damage is his main focus, and the minions are kind of a, a secondary part of that. Um... He likes to run, he is very adamant that at all times he will have movement speed on, so he tends to run uh, runes of the pack and different things that have movement speed on them, which I think you could pretty easily replace for stuff that doesn't if you are not as fussy about having movement speed all the time. Um, And stuff like food, runes, and sigils are always, you know, kind of up to your your, uh, discretion. The Force and Knight meta, I think, would work just fine, considering it's a Berserker build, but if you need a little bit more health, you need a little bit more something, there's wiggle room there. Uh, for utilities, though, you should def- or not utilities, but the, uh, what's the thing that's food but not food? Sharpening stones and stuff? What are those called? Oh, um, I don't know, I always call them sharpening stones. Like okay. Preparation, but- <laughs> oh no, preparations are the, the ranger things. Um, anyway. Like crystals and sharpening stones and stuff like that. Yeah, the the food but not food. Uh, Always sharpening stones or specific dungeon potions if you have them. There's not really a reason to switch those out. Um, Things that we've noticed in in playing with him is that you can, in stacking situations, where you would... um, Everyone would run to the corner. Instead of running to the corner with your minions, you should hang back a bit and then come in once the the boss or whatever your corner stacking is in place, and that seems to make it a lot better to keep them in place. Um, A pro tip that we got from him 
very recently was that if you keep an endless tonic on you, you can use it even during combat to unsummon minions. So if you get in a real crap situation and your minions are running amok, uh, you can just turn into a plush griffin and take care of it. That <laughs> that has saved us from champion spiders on several occasions now. Oh my god, just just that image of like, oh my god, I've raised an undead army and I can't control them, I better turn into a plush griffin or something. Exactly, yeah, no, I... I told that to Eric because I was like, oh, that's such a it's a clever way of dealing with it. And he, he was like, oh, yeah, of course it unsummons our minions, just like every other transformation. <laughs> so I felt a little bit bad about that. But if you do get into emergency situation, it is pretty handy. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to be known that that segue that I made for this was not nearly as clever as I thought it was because I totally thought that Eric was the only person that ran Minion Master. So I thought that we were <laughs> talking about Eric this whole time, but I was Surprise! mistaken. Anyway, continue. Um, one thing he mentioned to me also is that there's a strong synergy with failing strength warriors because minions pick up the might. Um, I haven't had a chance to test this since he told me that, but I don't know what the uh, target limit on failing strength is. I would imagine it's five, but I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, because if it isn't five, then it's really useful to have like ranger pets and minions and stuff that are also picking up on the might. I I honestly haven't had a chance to test that, but if you do, I imagine they would have very strong synergy together. Uh, and then the last thing we kind of talked about was that it's, in the end, no matter how smart you play, it's not going to fix the minion AI. <laughs> it's just, it's, there's nothing you can do about it. They're going to do dumb crap from time to time, and so ha have your endless tonic ready. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. Something <laughs> just something about something about necromancer tactics being best to be able to disengage from combat by transforming into a non-combatant is just cracking me up. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, uh, and now that I've completely gotten us out of order, um, I didn't even see your notes on Sneaky Adventures blog post. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, super quick, I guess. Yeah, it was super sneaky. They snuck out a blog post today that was also like, hey. Um, adventures are a thing, which I am opening up right now. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, are you opening it up for just like I am right now? Is that yeah. what's happening? We're so professional. Yep. We are so professional. This um, could have been recorded at any time, but we chose to record it before we even knew what the hell we were talking about. <laughs> Relics of our do-do-do-do-do-do. Um, I totally broke the window now. It, it seemed like a strange kind of blog post because it was mostly like almost like a recap of things we already knew like yeah okay they're gonna have leaderboards and uh they're yeah it's basically it seems like a recap but they're saying hey we're gonna do it better than we thought we were gonna do it which is cool like i'm all for iteration and stuff i just don't think it really told us a whole lot that was new or you know particularly useful to us uh one thing I thought was funny is that they talked specifically about the shooting gallery adventure. Um, and they had said before that it was things that were going to be activities before launch had a high probability of coming back as er, adventures, now that we are using all of the A words. Um, and that is cool in its own right. It just seemed very strange to me that the shooting gallery adventure had to be um 
Like, they had to ship human nobles out into the Maguma and crash them, and they didn't know what to do, so they set up a shooting gallery. <laughs> That's just I mean, strange that, to me. That sounds when like the, human nobles, doesn't it? I mean, what are we going to do? I say, let's shoot something. I guess it's kind of, like, to defend themselves, maybe? <laughs> I, I, you know. It just seems strange to me that they <laughs> are pushing this stuff out into the Maguma when... This is totally me pitching my own uh, armchair developer stuff right here. But uh, there is an opportunity in the cities for... There, there is a need to draw people there because we're going to have guild halls and the AFK in the guild halls is going to be real. That's what guild halls are for. Uh, <laughs> it's in fact their primary purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then there is... If they want something to draw to the cities, they have this great sort of system to use instanced content for players that can be not combat-based. It doesn't have to be dependent on level. It can totally be mechanics-based. Like, there's one in the... There's the one with the, like, you have to flamethrow tentacles and stuff, and there's one where you have to dodge all of the things. So... I mean, it's basically a perfect fit for those things that they described pre-release that never made it into the game, like the tavern fight. Right, and things that can thematically fit into cities to give them life. Like, how would, like, how cool would it be to to go into Divinity's Reach or to, or like, or maybe like the Black Citadel and there were Char marching in formation and you have to like kind of follow them and do their, their drills or whatever? Like the Final There's Fantasy VII mini-, mini game where you're, like, trying to fit in with the parade? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's all kinds of cool opportunity for stuff like that. And I know they've kind of said they want to get away from a, you know, going back and revamping old content, but I don't I don't necessarily know that that's revamping old content so much as giving an additional purpose to the cities. And, and... If they're really ambitious, they can use things like collections and mastery tracks to fill the the purpose of almost like like faction and reputation in um, like I the North or other systems where you you go in and you get intimate with a certain group or a city and you can be rewarded for playing in certain areas like the city or the areas around Krita or whatever racially themed areas and they can even reward you with human or race specific titles and or i don't know npc armors that we haven't had access to otherwise i'm just saying (laughs) i it's not something that i've thought a lot about as you can tell um i have only just recently entertained this idea and it's not been on my mind since launch but it's fine it's fine I just think there's an opportunity there. They have a lot of good systems they can build on now, and I see a great opportunity to use them, is all I'm saying. Well, and I I don't think that that's to to key off of your statement about not wanting to revamp old content. I don't think that really falls under what they were talking about. Um, You know, I can understand why they don't want to, you know, say, go back and fix dungeons or things like that that... Or, or like fixing old personal stories or like old dynamic events. Things that a lot of people might not ever really run across. But that's not really the same thing as adding some content to cities to make it have content. I mean, if you look at what they've been doing with Divinity's Reach, you know, they rebuilt it. They had events running out of there. Like, they did basically the Christmas celebration there. Like, they put in content to draw people into specifically Divinity's Reach and sometimes uh, Lion's Arch. 
Um, so I, I think that's within the purview of things that they are fine with adding, and that's not to say that they are going to do it or anything, but if they had sufficiently good um, ideas and concepts for these things to put into the cities, I think that that's... I think it would be far more likely for a scenario like you've outlined to occur than for them to go back and add in adventures to the open world in Corotiria, if you will. Um, just because that's kind of fundamentally different... fundamentally different purposes. So... I think it's I mean, I think it's a great idea. And it's something that clearly they thought about before the game even released and couldn't figure out a way to make it really either to get it done on time or to make it, you know, work or fun or 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 whatever. Um so it would be cool if they revisited something like that with this new system. And also that they give me the cultural armors because I want a snow leopard hat so bad you don't even know. Yeah, but not that, because I just want you to have something <laughs> that you can be bitter about, since your profession isn't hated. Oh, no, it's just that my favorite race <laughs> is giant humans, and they don't have any lore. <laughs> they have plenty of lore. They go to the Nornmoot no. and get drunk. <laughs> no! They can't remember their own lore. I'll allow it. I've got as close to the troll face on as I can right now. Um, I'll just have you know over the internet. Um, okay. Was there anything else you really wanted to talk about? Did we even have a cast cast this week? Um, I don't think so. I'm flying by the seat of my pants, and also my electrician still hasn't called. Yeah, I mean, who would be on time even though they're late and they've given you a new late time? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, I think I'm ready to call it there. I think we've sort of given our two cents about the stuff that we've tested, uh, rambled about on a random tangents, didn't really talk about anything, and talked about everything at the same time. So this seems like a classic Relics of Or. This is like Relics of Or classic, whereas as opposed to Relics of War modern. Um, sort of. Anyway, um... Yeah, so thanks for sticking around for this long. This podcast, I was afraid, was going to be really short and turned out to be not. So <laughs> we will be back hopefully in a week. Um, we'll see. If there's anything really exciting announced, we'll definitely be back. And if there is not, then we will probably be back <laughs> soon. This has been another episode of Relics of War. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofwar.com. Email us at relicsofor at gmail.com or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve.